0: Better Be Toon's Esoteric Nerd Podcast, episode 116. A simulcast, the second simulcast uh, between Esoteric Nerd and Praxis behind the Obscure, this time with featuring David Wright. David wrote to me um, a while back. Uh, with a lot of questions, um, uh, you know, uh, about Hinduism, Buddhism, hermeticism, Golden Dawn, oTio, Wicca, that I mentioned Taoism. and uh, a little bit about Santeria. And so I answered as best I could, and uh, then I asked him if he would like to be a guest on the podcast and that uh, we could talk in person about some of these things. And uh, then I spoke to my friend Ryan over at Praxis Behind the Obscure. Uh, He is a fellow Californian who has relocated to Asia, basically permanently, as far as I know, who runs a uh, podcast on esoteric and occult subjects. Did you know that we are a demographic? We're not one of a kind. There's at least two of us. Are there others that we don't know about? Uh... I don't know if I want to know, because I don't know if I'd get along with uh, everyone like me, but I get along pretty well with Ryan. And, uh, no, I get along fine with Ryan. And, uh, so, yeah, so it was fun. I mean, I'm speaking to you after we, we just wrapped up with the, uh, the conversation. We also had a special surprise guest. I'll just leave it at that. Um, in the middle of it, uh, who, who came in and, and, uh, spoke for a little while and, uh, yeah so before we get to that interview um we'll we'll do we'll revisit our segment the real (laughs) (laughs) Rosencrantz thought that one was finished eh no not quite um now (sighs) the fama fraternitatis was here um the whole thing you can hear the whole thing uh with Zelda music in the background, which fit very well with the sort of inspirational, adventurous, you know, sort of childlike wonder and the, the you know, adventure inspiration. I mentioned these things already. It was, it was a really beautiful um, thing. I, I enjoy listening to that episode. I enjoy reading the Fama. Um, the Confessio, on the other hand, came out a year later and basically. After they had poured their heart out. Like, you know, uh, I don't know the, the first thing that comes to mind is, like, if you're, like, DMing a random person on, you know, a stranger on the Internet, and you just pour your heart out, right? <laughs> this is a weird example. But their the response is, let's say, less than enthusiastic, right? So then the next thing you say is, well, you're up, uh, you know, like that, you know, kind of thing. Um, so it's not quite the, that extreme, but best, basically it's, it's definitely a little bit of a different tone in the Confessio. Um, so rather than Zelda music, I've uh, chosen to go with um, uh, Mozart's Requiem. Well, one of the re- Requiem type masses. And uh, Frater Yod Tov has uh, again recited the Confessio as he did with the Fama in the original German. Um, The Confessio was actually first published in Latin, and then shortly afterward uh, a German version was released and then an English version. So you'll be hearing him recite just the very beginning, the first, I think, three minutes of uh, of the, the German version, and with me uh, doing the English version with Mozart's Requiem in the background. Um, now, Frater yotav had asked me, you know, do you think that that's appropriate that, uh, you know, you play a Requiem mass? You know, a mass that's supposed to be for, for some, you know, for a funeral uh, during, during the Confessio? And I, I said, well... Yeah, you know, I think that the golden age of uh, Rosicrucianism, if there ever was one, kind of ended with the publishing of the Fama. And so the, uh, the Confessio is sort of the, 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 the first nail in the coffin and the last thing that anyone can point to as a legitimate uh, document coming from wh- whoever these Rosicrucians were. And, um, and he said, well, if that's what you want to say, then I guess it is appropriate to play Mozart's Requiem. And uh, uh, so I decided. I decided moving forward I would be less cynical about that. But uh, but the Fama is a fresh, uh, uh, you know, uh, a breath of fresh air. And um, so I'll only subject you to three minutes of the Confessio this time around. Um, just just for contrast, l- let me know if you can you can feel any kind of difference in tone between this. Also, we found his Itinerario. And vita, whence this relation for the most part is taken. In another chest were looking glasses of diverse virtues. And this confessio fraternitatis oder bekanntnus der löblichen bruderschaft des hochgeehrten confessio Rosenkreuzes an die gelehrten Europäer the confession of the laudable was fraternity, was fraternity of the most honorable order of the, cross, Pharma, of the Rosy cross written to all the
1: learned of europe
0: gemacht worden. Whatsoever is published and made known to everyone concerning our fraternity by the foresaid fama, let no man esteem lightly of it, nor hold it as an idle or invented thing, and much less receive the same as though it were only a mere conceit of ours. It is the Lord Jehovah, who, seeing the Lord's Sabbath is almost at hand, and hastened again, his period or course being finished to his first beginning, doth turn about the course of nature, And what heretofore hath been sought with great pains and daily labor is now manifested unto those who make small account, or scarcely once think upon it. But those which desire it, it is in a manner forced and thrust upon them, that thereby the life of the godly may be eased of all their toil and labor and be no more subject to the storms of inconstant fortune, but the wickedness of the ungodly thereby with their due and deserved punishment be augmented
1: and multiplied.
0: Although we cannot be by any suspected of the least heresy, or of any wicked thing, or propose against the worldly government. We do condemn the East and the West, meaning the Pope, and Mohammed, blasphemers against our Lord Jesus Christ, and offer and present with a good will to the chief head, of the Roman Empire our prayers, secrets, and great treasures of gold.
1: Yet we have thought good
0: and fit,
1: for the learned sakes, to
0: add somewhat more to this and make a better explanation if there be anything too deep, hidden, and set down over dark in the fama, or for certain reasons were altogether omitted and left out hoping herewith the learned will be more addicted to us and be made far more fit and willing for our purpose. Well, I don't know about you, but I am thoroughly addicted. Okay, so yeah, moving forward, I'm going to be less... uh, uh, For those of you who don't know, I have this series, Am I Using Too Many Cards, Uh, the Buddhist book series, in episode 7... And 12, uh, I started getting really grouchy about how Mahayana was just making up a lot of crap that was distracting from the, the core philosophy uh, that the Buddha brought to the world. Um, and then in the follow-up episodes 8 and 13 respectively, I sort of apologized and retracted a little bit. Not really, but uh, you know, sort of resolved to try to accept Mahayana as it is on its own terms. And um, not insist that it be Theravada and not insist that it, you know, stop calling Theravada Hinayana and uh, reinventing the uh, philosophy of the Buddha in order to make it more compatible with Christianity or whatever they were doing. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to try to do something similar moving forward. I'm not going to use Mozart's Requiem because that that was really the only good part. I mean, not, not that Mozart's Requiem wasn't good. It just... It doesn't go with the reading. There's a lot of high pitch singing and stuff like that that just doesn't really work with with this. So, uh, so Frater Yotov had suggested some uh, some some handle or some Bach, something more from the era that the uh, that the Confessio and the Fama were actually released to kind of put people in the mood, um, you know, of that time period and uh, that place in the world. And so we'll probably go with that. And I'll I'll try to be less cynical about that. So. Without further ado, let's get to that conversation with uh, David and Ryan at Praxis Behind the Obscure, shall we? Hello! Hey! Welcome to the Esoteric Nerd Podcast. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, how's the weather in uh, Florida Keys this morning?
1: Pretty nice. Pretty nice. Uh, oh, it, oh, it's you know, it is it, a nice temperature. It's usually nicest kind of year. Like yeah. it's in like it's in like the seventies. There. Oh, cool. The okay. Very
0: nice. I think it's similar here, but I've gotten used to Celsius over the past few years.
1: <laughs> oh. Oh yeah, just, I, I can, much of the world, they, they measure things differently than they do in the United States. Yeah.
0: <laughs> United States was progressive for the first 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very nice. Very nice. So Ryan will be uh, with us shortly. He's received the link as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, normally that, you know, with the interviews I'm interviewing, uh, interviewing the interviewee but you know feel free to ask me anything and i'll do my best and uh we'll just see how it goes that sounds good cool <laughs> so yeah, uh, you have interest in taoism hinduism vajrayana buddhism and hermeticism
1: yeah and Wick uh wicca and, yeah i don't know i don't know really about santeria or Afro Caribbean religions at this point because while they're beautiful and fascinating, number one, I feel my main passion lies with the East, the Hindu Buddhist and Taoist gods, as opposed yeah. to Orishas. I mean I like the Orishas, but not as much as the Eastern deities. And yeah. the with Santeria and other such religions is if you become a priest in that religion, it all you often might it often imposes taboos, you know, restrictions on behavior.
0: Yeah, and you can't even work with the other
1: Orishas, let alone other gods. Oh, yeah, it's not so much that. It's Mm. not so much that. It's like you might get behavioral taboos like, you know, you can't wear a certain collar or eat a certain food or maybe you might say no getting tattoos. Maybe it'll say no. No Yeah, yeah. Or no practicing polyamory.
0: Right.
2: Mm.
1: and oh yeah or it could be something like don't go swimming in the ocean or or don't be in groups of three or it could be it could be a lot of things
0: yeah yeah I have one friend uh, his name is Robert he's originally I think I don't know I think he was born in the US but his family's from Taiwan and uh, and he is part of a a Taoist organization that has zoom meetings and uh, I, I asked him on your behalf if uh, you know. Well, that that was when he told me about the Zoom meeting. So after our conversation, I can maybe uh, and maybe get you guys in touch. Are you on Facebook?
1: I am. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, I'll uh, send you the link on uh, email, and we'll we'll work it out that way. And I can I can introduce you to him, and and he can introduce you to that if if that's something you're interested in. They're yeah. particularly interesting.
1: Check it out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. He brought me uh, shortly before I left California. They were actually my old alma mater, my old Golden Dawn temple that I left back in 2013. Toward the end there in those past few years we're in one particular warehouse space in Baldwin Park, California. And his Taoist group was in the same complex. I mean, it was like across the street, but it was the same shape building and the same type of door and everything. So it was a trip. (laughs) They have these big warehouses in the back for, I don't know, big, big uh, machinery or whatever people want to use it for. So, of course, uh, cults love it (laughs) because they can make big, beautiful temples and big spaces for lectures and all that sort of thing.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I remember I went to a meeting of Rosicrucians in Denver, and it was in kind of an industrial park. The Mm. industrial park. Yeah, yeah. I was there.
0: Was that uh Amork or a different group? Amork. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like to tease them because they uh they have the copyright on the name Rosicrucian Order. So if anybody dares to call themselves any kind of Rosicrucian Order, they send their lawyers with a cease and desist letter. So I uh I've publicly proclaimed that they are false Rosicrucians on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> They are the only ones that are false Rosicrucians. I acknowledge the Society of Rosicruciana in Anglia, the Rosicrucian Fellowship, the uh, Roserubayadori Crucis, and, uh, you know, but but not amorc Amorc they're just frauds. <laughs> I mean, kind of half laughing. You know, I don't like the fact that they try to be the Constantinian, you know, they're trying to be the one true and only Rosicrucian order just because they have the copyright, and they're like,
1: well, that's how you enforce a copyright, you know, Get off that way so oh yeah I, I know what you mean <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> and then uh, so Hinduism um, I, I talked to my wife because she uh, well she's not you know I, I mean we we do certain pujas and things that are from Hinduism um, and she was raised basically traditional Hindu uh, she sees no problems with getting a, getting a tattoo of the face of, of God And I know in Buddhism, at least in Japan. Now, of course, in the yakuza, (laughs) they 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 get those full back, you know, tattoos of the the vegetable, full back
1: Japanese tattoo and a couple sleeves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I love those tattoos. But if I ever went to Japan,
0: (laughs) well, they won't let you into the onsens, the uh, the the hot springs. But I mean, you might find places where they will let you in because they'll, you know, they'll say, "Okay, you know, I see the tattoo, but I really don't think you're Yakuza. You can go ahead and come
1: in the hot springs." <laughs> oh yeah, because I'm not Japanese. Right? Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I went to one onsen in uh, oh what was the name? I forget the name of the city, but it was where the famous snow monkeys are. And I went to the old on- the old onsen. It's from the 1850s or something. And uh, the couple that ran it well, they weren't a couple. They were brother and sister. And their, I think, grandparents or great-grandparents were the original uh, people who had that onsen built. And uh, they had a hot spring. And I said, is it OK for me to go in? I have this one tattoo of a cross. And they laughed. And they said, you're not Yakuza. You could go in our onsen. Because <laughs> they, they can't, you know, the, the whole thing is they they don't want Yakuza coming in. But they don't want to say no Yakuza because they don't want to make an enemy of Yakuza. So they say no tattoos. So that's what that's about. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, that, 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 that there there are a number of Korean people who are in it because Koreans mm. are a bit discriminated, and other minors are kind of discriminated against a bit. Of, you know. So, so, so for a lot of these Koreans, there the only way they can really support themselves is by result oh. organized crime.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but. I kind of heard something along those lines.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the the word yakuza actually means like being dealt a bad hand, like in cards. So it's the people who were uh, the untouchables, or the people who got a crap hand in the, in the game of life. So they 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 take that with with pride. Like we're the ones who got the crap hand, <laughs> you know, in poker.
1: Resort to crime to survive.
0: Right, yeah. Now they, I guess they've they've got a lot of legitimate businesses in addition to the to the crime. But uh, yeah, the crime is pretty heinous that they get involved in with human trafficking and stuff like that. So as much as there's a temptation to glorify, you know them, but uh, some of the stuff they do is inexcusable. <laughs> Just like so organized crime syndicate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People want to glorify Pablo
1: Escobar or something like that, but. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know the movie Scarf. Right, <laughs> yeah, classic.
0: <laughs> Al Pacino pretending to be Cuban. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, uh, oh yeah, it did kind of double as unintentional comedy.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, oh man, let me uh, check with Ryan. Make sure he's got the uh, the email uh, link should be in inbox. All right, cool. Nice. So let's see, what else did we cover in the email? Uh, Oh yeah, Wicca and how how Wicca is kind of, provides a nice framework actually that can be expanded beyond what people usually do with wicca in fact they even encourage people to experiment and play and go beyond just you know let's say western uh uh, pantheons and so i have known a few people that have used the wiccan uh type circle in fact i've been that guy i've i've used wiccan and golden dawn type methods to invoke uh hindu gods and things like that i don't know if that's kosher
1: but Oh, yeah, anyway, yeah, just, oh, the thing with Wicca is, it just, you are, you're, you want you can, generally, you can experiment with, with gods from different cultures as much as you want yourself. So, public and circles can do that. Oh, right. Oh, but some groups want you to kind of stick to their chosen. Yeah. Nice. Okay, just what I was curious about is, Mm -hmm. Because I don't the Golden Dawn, Mm -hmm. but I've been to some- some Oh, Oh,
0: we've
1: got Ryan now. (laughs) (laughs) We'll
0: we'll get back to what you were saying, Uh, but uh, I wanted to introduce you. David, this is Ryan. Ryan, this is David.
3: Hey, nice to meet you. It's uh, pretty late on this end. I think it's probably early on your end, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Nice, we got yeah. the whole world here. <laughs>
3: awesome. Awesome. Are we recording or do did, uh, did yeah, we need to start yeah. recording? Yeah. Uh,
0: so we got Ryan in Korea, we've got David in Florida, and we've got me here in New Delhi, India.
3: <laughs> nice. Nice. Super global uh, podcast over here, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: That's awesome. That's awesome.
0: So, so David was just uh, bringing up the Golden Dawn. Um, I guess in Florida, they say they're full so if there's people in florida that are interested in joining a golden dawn temple then i guess they have to move to another state or something um, hmm,
3: that's weird isn't uh like aaron leach is that the guy who is in florida doesn't he have like a golden dawn um oh, maybe. i believe He's connected
0: with that uh, that one hmm. that's the Thuban order where they have a lot of different smaller golden dawns that are all affiliated with each other maybe that could be an
1: option um hmm. I I talked to Aaron Leach. Oh, okay. I told him about the uh, uh, uh,
0: uh, 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 uh. uh maybe maybe it was just the distance when when the phone is far away. Oh. <laughs> yeah, if you put the phone mm-hmm. way up to your face, then we can hear you better. So you, you said you spoke to Aaron Leach. Let's let's get some gossip about
1: Aaron Leach, Aaronu- shall <laughs> <laughs> we? Gossip about it's just like no, some. Mm. so so his temple is different from the cicero temple i'm i'm, I'm not entirely sure but sure but he, he hasn't really given me any advice on how to join a golden dawn temple except for to reach out to the one in florida and i did but like i said they said they're not accepting new students at this time, and I could try to join a, another Golden Dog temple, but a lot of these temples have more interested students than they're able to take. Mm, interesting. That's interesting. Oh, well, yeah. What I was wondering. Is, I've been to. I've been to some OTO Thalema mm-hmm. Gnostic masses and other meetups in South Florida, and while I I, I like them. I kind of seem like I'd cry for the Golden Dawn magic. Right. So for the Golden
0: Dawn evangelists out there, we've got a a lost sheep who might be forced to join a thalamic order because (laughs) even though his heart desires the pure Golden Dawn strain, no one's making themselves available to him. And so you can contact him. Through the link down below, and uh, let him know how to join your Golden Dawn order, Daniel. I mean, mm. whoever's listening. <laughs> that's funny, that's pretty funny. I don't know if they do astral initiations at that temple, but anyway. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I,
3: there's, there's, oh, it's not Golden I can't Dawn hear you.
1: There, Like I've heard, there's a contradiction between being in the Golden Dawn.
0: Yeah, I think what you were saying was about the uh, the conflict in currents. Uh, Grady McMurdy had told Israel Regardi. I mean, he had told uh, Chick Cicero that he had to choose one path or the other and not walk both. Though there are people who disagree with that philosophy. There's a temple up in Canada that uh, that does both. They host, uh, they host Gnostic masses in the same mm-hmm. temple they perform their traditional Golden Dawn rituals in. Uh, but they have a particular current, of course, that has a little bit more of a Thalamic edge to it. There used to be a temple called the Thalamic Order of the Golden Dawn, where yes. they did Golden Dawn initiations with a Thalamic uh, sort of twist. But as far as I know, they dismantled in 1998 and became mm-hmm. Corluchus and uh, one other one other Thalamic temple. But uh, maybe there's another newer order called with that name. I don't know.
2: Mm,
3: yeah, one of my friends here in Korea was actually in that uh, way back mm-hmm. in the day, like back in the late 80s, early 90s. Right, so, yeah. Yeah, it was a, kind of a mixture of both from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They did the Golden Dawn group rituals and everything. Yeah. So,
2: hmm
3: It's interesting. Very interesting. And there's also, um, there is the Temple of the Silver Star, which uh, I think David Shoemaker heads. And they also do, uh, they have like a couple different programs. They have an academic track, which you can do all uh-huh. online. And then they mm-hmm. have the initiatory track, which I think actually goes to the Golden Dawn uh, curriculum and initiations. And then mm-hmm. adds in like, later on Thalamic stuff, I believe. So that's another yeah.
0: option you can do. Yeah, because this the inner order is where it gets very heavily, you know, Christian slash Rosicrucian. So those guys, you know, that lean away from that would replace that with Thalama at that point. Mm-hmm. So, right, right, right. I know mm-hmm. there's one Golden Dawn order in... Um, I think North Carolina, and they they replaced they rewrote the uh, the tower card portion of the Philosophers initiation, because the whole thing is a lot of sort of Old Testament fire and brimstone shouting (laughs) and it's sort of traumatizing to people who grew up in, you know, that sort of evangelical uh, environment. Um, So they just rewrote it and made it completely pagan and completely, Mm. you know free from all that but uh yeah so sometimes people there's the open source order of the golden dawn uh mm-hmm. based in san francisco which the name kind of you don't even really need to explain because the name clears it up they're open source they tell people what they're doing then they mm-hmm. tweak it they tweak the system and then you know mm-hmm. they've got set in the place of horus and you know mm-hmm. they they change things around but they uh they make it all public, what they're doing. This is the mm-hmm. ritual you will go through when you join our group like that. You
2: know? mm, Okay. It's interesting. That's interesting.
3: Yeah, they make it public so other
0: people can take it and then edit it and make
1: make their own version too. So.
2: Yeah, cool. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, at this point, I guess worth pointing out, I'm a Freemason. Okay. Mm. Which yeah, order? The, oh, Freemason, just, just, just regular... Freemasonry. The American Freemasons? Yeah. I mean, okay. Nice, nice. You know, the one that only admits to men and is affiliated with the Shriners. Right. And, yeah, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, and yeah, I think definitely there's a connection between Rosicrucianism and Masonry. Oh, for sure, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Definitely. I mean, be. at
1: least
0: nowadays, yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Um, yeah, at some lodges. I guess some uh, Masonic lodges. There's a lot of people interested in esoteric practices and studies, but then in yep. others, there's like nobody it's really interested, good. in like it's, yeah. they're basically just like drinking meetups, you know? Yeah. So it really depends on where you are and the
0: people, the members of that lodge. It seems like. Yeah. I've got yep. my dad's uh, uh, free Masonic paraphernalia here in front of me but he 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 kind of had fantasies of joining the freemasons and getting into all the esoteric stuff but but uh the one that that really gets into the esoteric stuff that i know of is in culver city where they're kind of low-key golden dawn you know i mean they were low-key until they came out of the you know, came out on my uh, podcast and announced mm-hmm. to the world, Merrick Hamer is the premonstrator, and Poke Runyon is the imperator of a secret golden non order operating out of the Culver City Masonic Lodge. It's like, oh, oh, all right, I always wondered about that. And we've got Grady McMurdy's furniture.
1: Oh, I always wondered what, <laughs> what the furniture was.
0: Okay, now the mystery is solved, you know. So there's right. a lot of basins in that order and a lot of uh, – and so they're they they uh, they're very interesting, you know, they, mm. some interesting people in that lodge.
3: So if you're interested in the Golden Dawn, I mean, is it, would you consider it necessary that you have to join a temple or a lodge or, I mean, you can also study with somebody or they're like online courses and um, correspondence, uh, you know, correspondence
1: courses and stuff like that, right? That's Yeah, but can do for sure. But I just think being in a group or at least with with another person would make things more concrete. Yeah, that's
3: true. For sure, for sure like I said, the only one, I guess, I don't know, I guess it's probably far from Florida. I th- is it in South Carolina the Temple of the Silver Star? I'm not sure. It might be in hmm. South Carolina. I don't know if that's relatively close to you. Probably, right?
1: Oh, I, I, oh South Carolina is close to Florida, but I'm at the very bottom of Florida. Ah, uh, okay.
3: Okay. Worst <laughs> state. okay, okay. Interesting. Okay, I'm curious. I guess Leech's thing is totally full, huh? Maybe you can ask if you they take... Openings like a lot of these places. Maybe every you check back every few months or something. I don't know. Maybe you
1: can. Um, yeah, it could be worth asking him what what I could do. But mm-hmm. I, I can kind of indicate like go after what you really want. Don't settle for something just because it's more available. That's true too. Yeah, true. Very true. Yeah. Very true.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, that may go for it if you're if you're drawn toward Golden Dawn and not actually drawn to OTO, then. Even if there's one nearby, then maybe pulled yeah. out. I, I there was a point where there were a couple people from the OTO that wanted to join our Golden Dawn group, and we had a strict policy. Nope, you know you have to resign from. But I I don't know. I liked this. It was a, a couple, two women, and um, so I, I I petitioned the head of the order because I had that sort of relationship with him back then, and uh, mm. got that rule waived. And so we started admitting mm. people. Who were members of the OTO, but that order basically doesn't exist anymore. So mm. that golden dawn order, I mean, it's splintered into at least three or four different orders.
1: Mm. Interesting, interesting.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, I have nothing against the OTO, I like the OTO by just saying the kind of magic they do in golden dawn resin or in the ring, yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah, there is some overlap, but I did notice uh, when I, I there was a guy who was like a, I think a pretty high-ranking guy in the OTO, and when he performed an LBRP, I was like, really? That's how you guys perform the LBRP? It was just he's just speaking. He wasn't there was no vibrating. It was just, ate Malkuth, and I was like, oh wow, all right, you know.
2: <laughs>
0: I mean, I'm used to
1: oh, you know, like very <laughs> different,
0: very different approach. I dropped right. my so I am worried I'm we going to step in it, but I'll deal with that later. I will do that on your time.
3: <laughs> well, Golden, as far as actual Golden Dawn temples, there there aren't like a lot, right? I mean, it's not like there's abundance of Golden Dawn temples anywhere, right? Oh,
1: yeah. I, I didn't meet up with someone who was mm-hmm. in Denver.
0: Mm. Denver. Oh, right. Yeah, those guys. I mean, there's two that I know
1: of in Denver, but
0: one of them yeah. might not
1: still be active. Yeah, it but seems they, like they, the sky was pretty ambivalent toward the hotel. You know?
0: Right. Yeah, those guys are pretty traditional. Golden Dawn. They have mm-hmm. a they have a shop in Denver. Um, something about poison. I was surprised. They they were saying, well, they we're using the old version of the word poison that includes things that are good for you. And I was like, really? Okay. You know, uh, but it's like a it's an herbal shop, and so they mm-hmm. they combine um, sort of Native American herbal. And, uh, and Golden Dawn um, in, in that group. Well, oh, that's and interesting. They, they seem pretty interesting. There's another guy in Denver though, if it's the guy that I'm thinking of. I, did, I didn't know they were still doing their thing, but why not? Maybe they are still doing their thing. And he definitely is not into the OTO. He's hmm. an old friend of mine that some people might you know, have heard me make reference to the Marine in my uh, stories. But anyway, I won't say more about that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, finding a physical place to join up, I guess, can be hard. Especially America is such a big country that you know, <laughs> there there are options, I guess, but they're so spread out that you know, like physically attending them might be tough. It yeah. Might be hours and hours away by plane, you know. So, yeah. mm.
0: Mm. is there yeah. much Hinduism or Buddhism in Florida?
1: I I, I I'd say I'd say yes, because maybe not so much. But up in like Miami or Lauderdale, they have some Hindu temples. But it's much bigger. It's much bigger in, say, Los Angeles than it is in Miami. Los Angeles has, you know, a huge Asian and Indian population. Is a lot more Muslims? Miami, because mean, of the per all the Persians in, in LA. But the two religions, the religions that Miami and LA both have the abundance of our Catholics, Jews, and Santeros. Hmm. Mm. Oh, right. And is very big in both those cities, and, and both cities have a very large Jewish population. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, my sister converted. Her, uh, Longtime boyfriend. They've been together over thirty years. I think at that point you're married. Basically, <laughs> you <Yeah, laughs> haven't had the ceremony, but you're married. Oh, yeah. He's my brother-in-law. But they, uh, they, they, they were looking for you know the right place for them, and uh, they went to, of course, the Orthodox, and were like, okay, this is too much, no way. And then they went to the Reformed, and uh, my sister saw a paperback Torah on the ground and was hmm. like, yeah it's too mm-hmm. it's too loose so they found mm-hmm. kind of like one that's kind of more conservative but not orthodox and so then they mm. they stick to that
3: <laughs> oh interesting okay yeah interesting interesting
0: there's uh usually where there's uh where there's jewish population there's traditional kabbalah uh, you know like rabbi bird kabbalah center type uh presences but there doesn't tend to be i mean as a rule. You know i as a 99 percent, i'd say of, of of jewish people interested in kabbalah don't end up interested in golden dawn type kabbalah uh, mm-hmm. golden dawn type kabbalah is much more of sort of a european christian mixed with pagan phenomenon so you know mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. It's, it's british kabbalah
1: basically right 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 what what um what attracts oh, one, okay go ahead. go ahead one thing i'll point out is i once to date a girl who was jewish but she practiced wicca oh yeah yeah oh i just thought that was kind of interesting because her background was jewish but she was Wicca.
0: i there's a lot of israeli uh people that come to india and become yogis i i think that there's there's like a spiritual in uh, something something innate that uh i mean sometimes Sometimes it's people reaching outside of the religion that they were raised with because they're not satisfied with it. But other times they have it as their center, but they kind of want to add to it and kind of, you know, reach out and not be so isolated. Maybe, maybe that's one aspect of it is, is feeling disconnected, feeling like if they say I'm Jewish, people go, oh, okay, well, I'm not. You know, but if they, if they say, well, I'm a yogi, and they, oh, okay, me too, you know, <laughs> something like that. But, uh, oh, but I, I don't yeah. know, I'm just guessing.
1: Yeah, like in this girl's case, I think maybe she found more spiritual satisfaction in Wicca than she, what if she was just traditionally Jewish. Right. But but I had a professor, religion professor in college, who was Jewish. But even though he was Jewish, he and 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 pretty devoted to being Jewish. He was. He also taught about the mystical traditions of other religions, you know, right. like Sufism and Islam, mystical Christianity, mystical Buddhism, yeah. Yeah. and so it's like his thing was he, even though he 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 was a, he was a liberal Jew, but still a Jew, and he was committed to his faith, but he but he did respect and appreciate other religions. Yeah,
0: yeah. My the woman who taught me Hebrew, I took. uh weekly lessons for two years in Sephardic Hebrew, and she's a, she, well, I'll give her a plug. First of all, I'll point to this corner of my screen that might Mm -hmm. not point to anything on Praxis, but on Esoteric that's Gila, uh, her Mm -hmm. episode. She has a blog called the Hebrew letter and she came out with a book at a, and a deck of cards uh, that Mm -hmm. are her artwork based on the Hebrew letters. But anyway, Mm -hmm. um, so she, she channels, I mean, among other things, she channels uh, wisdom about the, the the Hebrew letters, but also is open to, uh, you know, all these things that you mentioned, um, you know, Hindu philosophy and, and Sufism. Although one time yeah. I remember I asked her to, to help me translate the rosary, the Catholic rosary into Hebrew. And she, she was helping me translate it. And I knew enough Hebrew that when we got to the part where where it was mother of God, she had translated it mother who is godly or mother who is like God or mother of or pertaining to God. And I was like, well, yeah, but how do you say God's mother? And she was like, why would you want to say that? And I was like, well, that's <laughs> what they're saying. That's what, cause mm. Jesus is God, Mary is his mother, you know, the son right. and the father are one and the same. So Mary, mother of God, how do you say that in Hebrew? And she she translated it for me, and then immediately asked me to leave. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she's like, I'll, "I'll see you next week." You know, like it wasn't like a permanent thing that she just needed <laughs> needed some time after that. <laughs> like, she, I was saying, "Well, that's what they're saying." She said, "Then correct it." <laughs> like, uh, that's pretty you can't funny. Correct
1: 3,000 like, years. Of- it's, it's a big taboo in Judaism. Yeah. Any any you know person who was a human being was also divine yeah. or yeah. Suffer, yeah. not an adult. God or anything like that
0: yeah yeah mm-hmm. it may have been intentional on the part of the early christians to emphasize that theory in order to <laughs> differentiate themselves as a separate religion rather than a sect of judaism it's not mm. something to empower the colonized but something to empower the colonizer just an idea just throwing it out there i'm just <laughs> talking it's <laughs> yeah. like joe yeah. rogan says right
3: <laughs> oh man (laughs) something i i opened facebook this morning and the first thing that popped up was a sponsored advertisement by a news by the economist the publication Mm -hmm. and it said why Joe Rogan's wrong about everything? And better, <laughs> I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> like you guys paid for an app like this.
0: Like <laughs> Well, they know people uh, will click on it and then the economist yeah. will make money. So you know,
3: Right, right, right. It's a very petty, but you yeah, know, get the eyeballs. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's careless. I mean, at least Edward Bernays was selling something specific. I mean, not really. Mm-hmm. He was just for anybody that would hire him. But you know, like, uh, that's a bad example. Actually, maybe that's the perfect example. It's all just Edward Bernays, you know, got run running much. He was the guy that uh, Big Tobacco, you know, he said, I can double your sales in one day. And they said, mm. yeah, right. So he hired a bunch of like famous women and models to all <laughs> light up cigarettes on New Year's of 1920 in Times Square while the cameras were on them. And uh, suddenly it was okay for women to smoke cigarettes and the sales doubled overnight. And um, he got everybody to, you know, put ice in their water, to eat bacon for breakfast, like everything that we take, everything unhealthy and American was Edward Bernays selling something for somebody. Uh, He was he was (laughs) he was Sigmund Freud's nephew, who was just like little like crouching listening to his uncle like really tell me more how does the ego work again you know like <laughs> how can we manipulate this for <laughs> you know <Right>. evil? <laughs> oh, and mar-
3: uh, that's the birthplace of marketing huh <laughs> right, exactly
0: he called it propaganda then right. uh, after world war ii that word had a bad taste you know in, in people's mouths and so now they called it public relations
3: mm, interesting okay <laughs>
0: right it's basically right. just advertising and marketing but yeah, it's just like shepherding people in no particular direction. At this point, it's just the direction wherever people want to go. It's like in the old days. I don't know how it is now, but it's, it used to be that Murdoch owned half of it of all media. And um, right. the other guy who's. Viacom. Turner, I
3: think. Right. It was it Turner and Murdoch, I think.
0: Right? Well, there was Murdoch. Mur- I mean, old man. Murdoch like with the, like,
3: Fox and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's
0: Murdoch and then there's uh, the Viacom guy. I forget his name. He was the other guy. Um, like in, in in if you're watching Succession, Murdoch is like the main family in Succession, and then the the other family was the other one. But it was basically Murdoch had you know he wanted everybody to to follow Reagan you know or to follow mm-hmm. whatever Reagan meant to him or or mm-hmm. whatever and to be you know pro-Israel Republican. Like he had very specific a checklist of every basically Fox News. Everything they're pushing right. on Fox News is basically Murdoch's agenda. But Viacom was basically okay. What do people want to buy? Sell it to them. Okay, what do they want? To look at show it to them you know
2: like
0: <laughs> how can we get their money all right give them that you know so it's like which is worse I don't
3: know interesting, interesting. not sure
0: <laughs> not sure so <laughs> so for- worse, but you know <laughs> yeah
2: yeah no, they're
3: all pretty bad I would say yeah. but um I'm curious what draws you to uh the Golden Dawn specifically like out of all the different paths or temples
0: or what have you? Oh redstone sorry that was the name mm-hmm.
1: I'd say what draws me are just it seems like the symbolism and the writing really cool, and I'm drawn to the idea of like working with the angels and taking some things out of out of the monotheistic religions without totally committing to the monotheistic religions. Mm, okay, and like you know the angels and Hebrew and that kind of stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. Yeah. And what was I about to say? And I'm, I, mean, I mean, maybe there's some other magical order that might be a good fit for me that I'm not aware of yet. Mm. But it seems like of all the ones I've really researched, I'm drawn mostly towards the Golden Dawn.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm.
0: Do you have the book Self-Initiation into Golden no. Dawn? No. It's a good book. Um, you know, it's not necessarily the answer for everybody, but it's it's a path, it's an option. But of course, it lacks the community side of it. But you know, there are online communities, and there's some some Facebook groups and things. Some of them are awful. Some of them are okay. Golden <laughs> Dawn Universal was pretty good. Uh,
1: that was the one
0: yeah. Anyway, I would started.
1: say definitely want to move out of my small town in the Keys and a large part of the world I want to do that so I can find more spiritual communities throughout my alley. Right, Wouldn't right. Like
0: yeah. LA used to be really cool before it got ridiculously expensive, you know. But, um, right. As far as spiritual groups, you know, there's a lot going on there. But there's Asheville and there's uh, I think even Austin and... Uh, some other places, uh, Seattle has a Golden Dawn, as far as I know. Um, mm. And uh, that's in the U.S. anyway. And I think there must be something going on in Chicago. I haven't been paying attention. But um, mm. but there's at least two Golden Dawn temples in,
1: oh, well, I mean,
0: Culver City. But again, it's expensive. But if you found mm. a, a place
1: where you could commute to Culver to, City. in and that's near in, City to where I am. As what? I said Miami's a very expensive and It's the nearest big city to where I am. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the,
0: the Culver City uh, Masons, I don't I think they're American Masons, too. I don't think there's something weird like Scottish Rite or York Rite or something. Um, but they yeah, they have that direct Golden Dawn uh, thing happening there in Culver City, California so Um, i'll put another card up here for that so you can check that out later as well i'll just link directly to merrick Hamer, that episode back in the 20s hmm.
3: yeah it seems like if you really want to connect with a physical temple like you have to probably move i mean like there's so many online options as we're mentioning but i mean sometimes it's the only choice right like relocating to a place that has
0: what you want right yeah I mean, people relocate for work. They relocate for love. I mean, I'm in India, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah.
0: I mean, this was for spiritual, and then for love. I mean, when you have both of those, <laughs> it's like, okay, no more hesitation. You know, I, I guess. Oh, no, yeah. Oh, our surprise guest, uh-huh. Guruji. <laughs> uh, one sec. I'm I'm going to be surrendering my chair for a little while. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. No, no. This is this is the plan. Here you go. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Namaste. Oh,
3: hello, no. yes, namaste. <laughs> so we have a special guest, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Nice to meet you.
1: <laughs> You're
3: okay? Yeah. Nice to meet you too. Nice to... yeah, you too. Yeah, nice, nice. So can you uh, introduce yourself?
4: Um, I'm Goval and uh-huh. uh, I'm a family
3: friend of Priya. Is okay. The okay. They're in uh you guys are in New Delhi, right? Yeah okay nice 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 uh how how is uh how how is he enjoying life there he must be having a good time in India right yeah definitely but pandemic
4: (laughs) situation is the pandemic situation is
3: there so now it's a little bit you know yeah 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 otherwise a lot of the world though a lot of like European countries or some other countries they're kind of almost like over the pandemic already like it's already spread so much and you know they kind of like moved on in India how's the atmosphere
4: it's good. It's, it's winter here now, it's cold, but the weather is nice. Mm. Are you from?
3: Oh, what's that? You're from? Uh, I'm from the USA too. California yeah, as well. California. Yeah, But I'm actually in uh, Korea now. In Korea. Oh, South Korea. South Korea. Yeah, yeah. So, pretty far away from America. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, South Korea.
4: Yeah, Cosmic exactly. South is destination for cosmetic
3: <laughs> surgery. That's true. Plastic surgery is very popular. Plastic very, surgery very popular.
1: Yeah. Plastic is very popular in Miami too. Oh,
3: I bet. Yeah. Miami, uh, Hollywood, you know. Yeah. yeah. All that stuff is fun. But here are definitely
1: very, very popular. Very yeah, much popular so. To you. Cool. Yeah, I'd say on a humorous note, that's why my parents didn't really want to live in Miami because they didn't really want feel like people who spend half their money half their salary on plastic surgery and designer clothes <laughs> yeah. and that kind of stuff really aren't is isn't their, are their kind of people oh ah, interesting okay yeah yeah it's like my parents like they don't really like to spend money on designer clothes and stuff like that they mm-hmm. like you know to travel and that kind of stuff
3: Oh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. well, that's good they have a little bit more values and than-
1: uh, developing your character and traveling and stuff yeah exactly i mean mm-hmm. i i feel like i do like some designer clothes mm. and yeah but i'm saying i don't think i'd ever like be a big plastic surgery person
3: <laughs> right <laughs> is it popular in india probably in bollywood and stuff like that I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. In, but not so popular here in india
2: mm,
4: okay Our people are slowly slowly but I heard that this South Korea
3: is a kind of
4: that's the issue for cheap plastic So because yeah, everyone yeah. is,
3: you know. It's very popular, so it's yeah. reasonable compared to other countries. Reasonable, yeah, reasonable. Yeah, the price. Yeah, there's a lot of hospitals and re, uh, good quality and reasonable price. Apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good quality also. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of people, it's, before the COVID situation, a lot of people would fly here to get, like yeah, a, yeah. from Benito. India also,
4: people are going there yeah. for surgery. Because now it's
3: the kind of a destiny. <laughs> mm, interesting. So. Yeah, yeah. So, are you are you a Hindu or what? Do, what is your? Do you have any religion? I'm born in Sikhism. Sikh. Oh, Sikh
2: yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: But now I'm. <laughs> I cut my hair, but. Ah, oh, yeah,
3: right, right, right. Yeah.
4: You're supposed to keep uh, yeah. growing where the. When uh, I was 18. See? yeah. So Mm -hmm. Herbert gave me this, but I'm not very good in, you know, communicative English. (laughs) 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 But still, I will try to communicate. No, I'm very
3: good in Hindi, Punjabi, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Hindi and Punjabi, yeah. So are you from Punjab or?
4: Yeah.
3: You're from Punjab, I would say. Are you from Punjab? No, I'm not
4: from Punjab. I'm from Delhi, you know. Oh, but you speak both. Okay. But still, I belong to Punjabi family. so.
3: Oh, okay, and, that's why the Sikhism, that's why. Yeah,
4: that's why the Sikhism, but now I'm just like, you know, just <laughs> no religion.
3: You're, a, what do they call it, an apostate? Is that yes, what it's called? Yeah, you no, know, <laughs> you're, yeah. you're, you're kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> you're a man picture. without a religion, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm.
4: But, okay, all the religions are, no problem, same.
3: Are there a lot of people in India that are like uh religionless? Like that are like atheists or just totally don't. Follow any traditions or religions. Are there a lot of people like that there or not that many?
4: It is almost almost impossible to know. People are without religion and religion because there are so many religions here. And in Hinduism, no one take care to know that if someone is going to the temple or not, no one cares at all. Sure. So no one knows that this person is like a theist or theist.
1: Right. It never really comes up in conversation very much. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about atheism, and I want to share some thoughts on that. uh On atheism. Uh Yeah, I I think for a while I considered myself an agnostic because I was interested in religion, and I had a spiritual inclination, but I didn't quite want to be dogmatic. Not, but now I realize that I, atheism just isn't fulfilling to me. But neither is religious fundamentalism. Yeah. So, so I, I, it's kind of been a struggle for me to, re- to reconcile, you know, my rationalism and liberalism with being a spiritual person. Because hmm. I'm saying, I'm so. Cause I'm saying, just hard to occupy the space where you're not your spiritual but not like dogmatically religious yeah, yeah
4: okay but, but yes yeah, spiritualism is okay but dogmatism is like you
3: know it's very hard it's not okay. so in India yeah. in, in India there are not a lot of dogma dogmatic groups yeah India is
4: India is full of dogmatic peoples oh, okay
3: okay okay they have their own Muslims
4: are there and Sure, sure. Even gen gens are there. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it is not like you know if you are not following any religion, then no one care that you are not following any religion. Hmm. Only Muslims are like hardcore.
1: But yeah, <laughs> if I'm, don't if they I'm have really, some evangelical Christians that are pretty hardcore in India, like Nagaland? Yeah, Christians.
4: Christians in India. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. but I, I, I know very few Christian people and because where I live, Christians are, there are no so many Christian people are there.
3: Mm, okay. okay. Yeah, it's interesting. So you said atheism is not very fulfilling, but then at the same time, uh, you know, believing some religion dogmatically or the book, this book or whatnot no. is also equally not as
1: fulfilling. Is that what you're saying? That, that's exactly what I'm saying. In fact, like I I'd say I, it's even less fulfilling than atheism, like believing every word of the Bible is literally true, and everyone who's not a Christian is going to hell, and that homosexuality is wrong, and all sex outside of marriage is wrong, and mm-hmm. all other religions are wrong. I mean, I just can't stand that. And I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, I do think the Bible and all other religious texts do have beautiful spiritual truths to teach us, but but I think. But I think you know, like the cre- like the creation story Bible shouldn't be taken literally, right? Right. You know, a lot of Christians have the attitude that that either you believe all you believe all or believe none. Hmm. Hmm.
4: But now there are rational thinkers, critical thinkers, and free thinkers. New breed is coming and evolving
3: yeah yeah i I think that um there's a lot of stupid things like that like false dichotomies like you have to be either an atheist like these dualistic tendencies are kind of funny it's like you have Mm -hmm. to be an atheist and i oh there's no god like i believe this and then it's still your mind grasping onto the concept of no god and Mm -hmm. then there's like no i believe in this one god of this book but it's still you creating these you're still playing in the game of dualism and mental constructs right and it always has to be one or the other, you know, I find I find these kind of games kind of interesting, because they're both equally like mental obscurations or delusions in some some kind of way, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you read that God delusion of uh,
1: Oh, I I'd say just my thing is, is as far as Charles Dawkins, Oh
4: Dawkins, yeah. yeah, yeah. Richard <laughs> Dawkins, Gold oh, Richard Dawkins, I think it's Richard, Richard Dawkins. I think right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Richard yeah, Dawkins. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Dawkins, Yeah, I'm just but, saying I don't know if I'm in Charles Darwin, Darwin. Darwin and Richard. Yeah. Dawkins <laughs> and Charles, Charles Darwin <laughs> and Richard Dawkins. Uh, Charles <laughs> Darwin, no, no <laughs>
0: Richard Dawkins. Richard Dawkins. <laughs> yeah, I'm just. Is
1: Charles
0: but, Darwin's first
1: name Charles or am I making that up? I don't know. Yeah, that evolution. Would you come and explain for a minute after? Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So you want? Oh, I
0: don't know. See, <laughs> see my but, yeah, uh, I think any questions for for I'm not, for, uh, for see, G, I'm not go. very
4: good in English, but still, uh, you know how to communicate. I can
3: understand, but uh-huh. it, it's just it's not a true.
0: matter of asking the right question, not yeah. so much
3: oh, about, it, the, about English, but about the subject. Totally fine. You seem totally fine to me. Oh, your me. English seems almost perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Thanks. questions? Um, well, I did ask you, so you grew up in Delhi, right? You mentioned that?
4: Yeah, Delhi. NCR Delhi, Fridaba, means Fridaba Delhi is sim- similar.
3: Mm, okay. Okay. Um, I have a question. How do Indian people view Nepal? Because I'm going there next week. <laughs> what What is your, maybe not Indian people, how do you view, view Nepal? Do you have any opinions or? Um, you know the general opinion in India
4: about Nepal
3: is the
4: lots of you know. What's that? I'm 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 telling you the truth. Is Nepali people are coming coming to India for mm. job of you know a kind of um, to take care of the things you know. Mm, okay, uh, like labor, you mean
3: kind of labor job. Labor
4: or... also and uh, and what to say a housekeeper kind of person you know.
3: Mm, okay okay interesting so,
4: but still uh, nepalis are very loyal and they are very good people also okay. their image is a very loyal and very nice people
3: okay okay this interesting kind of okay. image is there, you know mm-hmm. uh okay so, a long time ago too so uh were they integrated like in the same were they always separate or were they sort of under like one were they kind of the same country or the same kingdom a long time ago? Or have they always been? Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, India and Nepal.
3: Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah,
4: yeah. Well, once it was like this. But now it's a separate country. I think long before.
3: So, okay, long time ago. Yeah, not not like recently, like Pakistan no, 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 and, no, no, uh, Bangladesh. That's very recent. Burma,
4: 60s. Afghanistan, Pakistan, Nepal, Bhutan. Uh-huh. It's
2: all yeah. Region was like one.
3: I've only met a handful of Nepalese. I'm going there next week to Kathmandu, but um, I've only met a handful of Nepalese abroad, specifically in America and then also here in Korea and then also a lot in Dubai. And -hmm. all of them, some look totally Chinese, like 100% Chinese-looking or Asian, and then the other Mm -hmm. ones look like totally Indian. Yeah. That's a very
4: interesting... uh, The uh, northeast past of India near to Nepal... The Nepal- Nepalese are more like Indian.
3: Oh, yeah. And also, there's a region in India where everybody looks yeah. Chinese, too. I yeah. forgot the name of it, but my friend was. Uh, Nagaland is there, Assam is
4: there, Assam, uh-huh. Nagaland, Meghalaya, that uh-huh. part. Well, what's the region name? That region? What do you say? Darjeeling, you know, Nepal. Region. No, Assam? Northeast Na- India? Yeah. Mm. Nagaland, Meghalaya, yeah. and a few more. You know, no, Sikkim, no. Sikkim. Mm. Sikkim is mm. there, and Darjeeling. These people okay. are like Northeast Indian. They are Indian, but, but
3: they, look Chinese, they, they, they look Chinese. East. They look, they look, they look uh, East Asian. Like, they look like or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. They look it's like-, not like a minority group. It's their. Are they considered like a different race, like a different mi- minority kind of group, or in India? Yeah, do you, you understand my question? So, like in Russia, they have. Qatars and um, Mongolians, you know, they're different uh, minority groups. Minority groups are there, okay. India doesn't have a lot of those sort of minority groups like that. But yes,
4: lots of minority groups are there. Even Sikhs are in minority.
3: Mm, Okay.
4: And uh, these Jains are in minority and Muslims are also in a a minority. Muslim population is more than Pakistan here in India, but still they are in minorities because there are a billion people here. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. People <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah that's a so yeah. yeah, so lots of even Christians are in minority, and mm-hmm. and lots of other means minority peoples are here in India. It's mm-hmm.
3: there are so many. Okay. Okay. Anyways, we got David back. Maybe he want, he has some questions he probably wants to ask us, too, as well.
1: I would say a question I have, I was with Edward about this earlier, is I'm considering I'd really like to get some tattoos of Hindu deities. I, I think definitely Ganesh and possibly Lakshmi, and definitely Green Tara, though she's more of a Tibetan Buddhist deity. I mean, If I were to get those tattoos on my arm or whatever, if I was an Indian, I would have to cover them in a lot of places just to not offend people, or, or people get really offended seeing them.
4: No, no, no. Not at all. Indian people, if you're any tattoo, you're making any tattoo, there's no problem. And what you're thinking about, which... Um, which deity you are, want to
1: talk to? Yeah, I've just heard it, like it in places like Sri Lanka and Thailand, they're kind of touchy about Buddha.
4: Buddha is okay, no problem. Oh, maybe... better no one it. offended. Uh,
1: Hello? Maybe uh, it's okay, but it's not in Sri Lanka.
2: Hmm.
4: Maybe okay, a different place. Maybe, 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 maybe. Sri Lanka are like, you know, there are more Buddhists there in Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. But uh, the place should be right, you know, arm is okay. Only body part
3: matters. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> don't, so, don't get it on your ass. A respectful no. place. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, respectful
4: place. Otherwise, there's no problem. <laughs>
3: right 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 so in india most people they have like one do they typically choose like one god or goddess that they revere is that right yeah but one can
4: uh, one can have so many also you know
3: sure sure sure
4: in one house there are 33 means million gods (laughs) yeah so in a but popular are few like you know Mm-hmm. So is means 100 and 100, uh, 200. Mm-hmm. So they are worshipping all or one, it's not the <laughs> no matter. Someone is liking Krishna and some is liking uh, uh, Shiva and goddess Durga and Kali. And mm-hmm. there are so many. So right. they are devotees of different, different gods mm-hmm. and they are having so many also means if someone is uh, the devotee of Krishna and he's also the devotee of Durga and uh, you know Kali, so it's
3: like this. Right, right, right. That's I like that because that's very rare in a lot of other countries, right? Where it's yeah, like yeah. you know, they don't really it's not as accepting in a lot of other countries. Yeah, that's why it's democratic, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a democratic religious uh yeah. attitude, I suppose, yeah. That's yeah. Good. That's good. That's good. No one is
4: asking for a p- particular goal. If someone right. is doing, not doing any prayers, so it's like okay, he's right. This, no problem.
3: So they don't run Facebook ads like 90 reasons why Shiva sucks and Krishna's the best or something like yeah, that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he's like hit ads. That's one thing way. I really like. One thing <laughs> I really like about living here is you know, there's chanting, there's there's someone chanting, you know, Arabic prayers and then in the at 4am there'll be hari krishnas with loud drums you know coming to chanting hari krishna and the sikhs will come with the fire dancing so nobody even thinks twice if twice if i'm going yo you know it's like it's just who's <laughs> that i don't know uh, something okay
4: <laughs> if some <somebody Yeah. laughs> no one knows that this guy is a thief because he may be in different kind of body, he may be his prayer may be different in different time so it is no, no, that this guy's a least Maybe a vow of silence. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. you may be spiritual in silent more. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. so, yeah, so. for sure. Oh. Y'all, I have an interest in diverse spiritual paths, like Hermetic, Golden dog slash Golden, D'aw, and Buddhism, because I, because all the interest, spiritual interests I have, I kind of wanna, wanna, it. It to be a bridge between Eastern and Western practices.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's so like I want to mention the Western mystery tradition, like Freemasonry, Gnosticism, Kabbalah, and Golden Dawn, etc. And on, and I also, I used to say I mentioned Hinduism, Buddhism, Taoism. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to kind of build a bridge between those two worlds for my personal spiritual practice. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: I see no reason why you couldn't do that, you know? I would say. What about, yeah. I'm curious, in the Golden Dawn, because Edward was, it was a member of the Golden Dawn, do you need to have, do you need to uh, do you have to have a monotheistic yeah. theistic belief or is that like a prerequisite? So, for example, in the Masons, I think you have to at least believe in the great architect, yeah. no matter what book you choose or... Whatever. Oh,
1: yeah, that's true. Some say you have to believe in a monotheistic God, but God in the
3: Golden Dawn, though.
1: I'm not, I'm not sure, sure about that. You admit Hindus. Mm-hmm. And Hindus, but I'd say Hindus have a variety of theological orientations, but it's like the most common Hindu orientation is enotheism, meaning it's like you believe in one God who's manifested in different mm-hmm. way. You know, like what Wiccans believe, generally, or there's one sure. being that manifests itself into many gods just like they're all they're all kind of faces of one god like it's like jesus yeah. is Allah, is shiva is krishna is right. tara is lakshmi is persephone right.
3: right they're pretty um they're pretty uh flexible in in regards with you know what they allow you to you know like i've heard thelemites they'll bring the book of the law like you have to i guess you have to bring your holy book or something like that so Christians will bring the Bible, and the Muslims will bring the Quran. I've even heard stories of the Thelemites who are Freemasons. They'll bring the Book of the Law or, you know, whatever your religion is, right? It's pretty flexible, I hear.
1: Yeah, yeah, Freemasonry is pretty flexible.
3: But I'm not sure about the Golden Dawn, though. I think, I, I, I really don't know. I don't know if you have to have a monotheistic belief or um, not. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got more members, Everybody, I don't think this is an office. Hi! We got a party now, huh?
1: Okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. got a party going on. So I think now we can chat. Okay. Okay.
4: Okay. Bye. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah.
3: See you. Okay. Take it easy. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. All right, thank you very much. Uh, So like in uh, Korea and Japan, everybody takes a photo or they always go like this, (laughs) So so this one girl told me, it's the art of the East Asian V. (laughs) 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 They go, Americans, it's not, so Americans, they, they say, oh, you're doing the peace sign. They go, no, 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 this is the East Asian V. Completely different.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't before. It was peace. It was victory. Was it? it? was victory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's sort of the opposite of peace. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's supposed to be different. more like Pax. <laughs> yeah. <quite> Indian, <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I remember when I first time I went over to Japan. I was pretty young, and uh, I took a picture with these like high school Japanese girls in their uniforms. You know, like the Sailor Moon looking. Yeah. Uniform, and then they were going like this.
0: <laughs> oh, no. I go. oh, that's why they do that. <laughs> that's another another kind of. Do you BS. know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> the anime you're imitating was written drawn <laughs> by someone naughty.
3: Right. Exactly. Oh <laughs> man, it's <laughs> <That's> pretty funny. <laughs> but I think oh. um, for the Golden Dawn, though, it's sort of an emanationist cosmology or mm. ontology. Right. Is that basically what you would say? At least from my from what what I've studied, it Excuse seems me. like that. With almost like rosicrucian christian a little bit of christian christian uh, uh, theology somewhat
0: yeah i've heard the sephirate referred to as emanations Mm -hmm. um i I just refresh my memory how would you define emanationist
2: Mm,
3: so basically there's like one i guess there's various interpretations though but basically in emanationism there's like uh one creator or one source, and then everything kind of drips down into that, right? So, kind of like in the uh, Hermetic Kabbalah, you have like Kether, and then everything kind of mm. goes down into right. As right. opposed
0: to like a literal "and God said this," it's like interpreting it more as like this actually sort of was a natural thing that unfolded out of God, or or that right, the, material, right, right. the material universe is sort of the physical stuff of the body of God, and and uh, maybe the soul and the mind are, you know, collectively the soul and the mind of God. Or or is that pantheism? Or I,
3: I think that's pantheism, actually. So I think if you equate God with the physical universe, I think that's pantheism. All right. right. God is everything.
0: God is everything, oh, right?
3: Right.
1: Oh, I'm more of a panentheist. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Right? But God Nail is, on the head. Yeah. is everything, too. God
0: is everything and more. God, yeah. God is the whole universe, and then some.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's kind of what, what Wicked seemed to believe, that, mm. you know, there is a supreme power, but it's manifest in different deities and in the physical world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: But mm. yeah, I, I think Golden Dawn, I mean, on one level, it's I think it's designed it de- kind of depends on who's running it at the time, but it seems mm. like the original one is is uh, is made to be compatible with mm. a lot of different perspectives. Uh, there mm. was uh, someone recently said that the Golden Dawn was mm. a Victorian attempt at what the Unitarian Universalists <laughs> uh, uh, tried in the '60s. Um, mm. So, so like in other words, like a a way for you know a Jewish person and a pagan and a Buddhist mm. and a Hindu and a Christian to all kind of agree on. Osiris you know
2: mm, <laughs> um, kind I,
0: of I mean I guess some people are phobic of the Egyptian thing people who are coming from a very uh sort of fundamentalist Christian or or even a like a more Orthodox Jewish will say uh, why Egyptian you know like haven't you read the Bible you know God destroyed the Egyptians and then, mm-hmm. then but then you know we, we have an answer we would have an answer for that like well that's why we wear them as clothes instead of <laughs> you know we uh-huh. put on we put on Egyptian god forms to perform the ceremony because the Egyptian gods are the administrators of the universe in the yeah. path of Tov or the astral plane and they, like us, are subservient to Jehovah and then they go, Oh, okay, I'm in. You know, so. <laughs> and if someone's Celtic, we have a different pitch. You know, it's sort of that Pauline, Pauline like something for everybody, like or, or that skillful means uh, in the in the Lotus Sutra. Like, oh, well, what are you looking for? Well, that's Buddhism. Come on in.
3: <laughs> right, right, right. Jack of all trades, jack of all yeah. trades. We have
0: Chinese food. We have pasta. We have curry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have food court. Spiritual food court. I mean, I I, I do appreciate how the Golden Dawn is structured because they, they, that bare bones, um, I mean, they, they had a very basic, they, uh, because I mean, if somebody studies Egyptology, Mm your brain kind of gets full at a certain point. So they distilled it down to, uh, what's it called? The... uh, not the Ennead. Is that the right word? The the basic nine or the basic eight? I forget. the um. the, the main gods, you know, Isis, Osiris, Nephthys, Set, Horus. Okay. Let's not deal with Sekhmet. Let's not deal with these other ones. Uh, but they then they uh, they have that that neophyte initiation the z formula mm-hmm. with its mysterious origins coming by way of fraulein springle from some mysterious thing called libra mm-hmm. and or Hermanubis in germany and uh cypher
3: manuscripts, the cyber manuscripts yeah one?
0: exactly yeah yeah um which were either a, a brilliant forgery or a very still an unsolved mystery to this day right uh, without a time right. machine i guess we'll never know you know see Westcott and they're making it up, you know, but, but, right. uh, one thing, one thing is, uh, they used the polygraphia by Johannes Trithemius to interpret it. So mm. the, the, uh, the, this is it no, or steganographia polygraphia. I think it was polygraphia, mm. the, the cipher. Well, yeah, cipher manuscripts, the cipher that they used was around at the time of Trithemius, which I think was the 1400s, if I'm right. right. Maybe the Mm. 1500s. I forget exactly when he was around, but he was he I guess that was the Italian Renaissance period, somewhere like 1500s. Um, Right. He was the teacher of Paracelsus and and, uh, Henry Agrippa. um, Right. 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 And and all that. So so someone might have been an expert in in polygraphia and, uh, you know, maybe. You know, but I mean, it's it it is brilliant, though. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, wow, who put this together? It's really well done. That neophyte initiation. Um, And then the zealotor initiation, they they go full Hebraic mysteries where you're basically initiated as a high Levitical priest. You know, and if you get an an arrogant teenager like me or Crowley in there, then you really think that you're you're just as you know, Mm -hmm. you have you have the the same. authority as, as a Levitical high priest, you know, after, after that ceremony. And then you go up to Theoricus, where you don't know what's going on. It's like uh, Samothracian, Chaldean, something rather, something the moon is coming up and down. There's Egyptian stuff happening. And uh, then what? Oh, uh, I don't know. You're in Eusod now. And then Practicus comes along and it's the Chaldean oracles of Zoroaster, which are neither Chaldean nor of Zoroaster, but it's <laughs> done, done as if it were happening in Samothrace. And it's, it's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's beautiful. Yeah. I've taught about it and studied it for years. And like, even in my, my worst days where I was sick of golden dawn and didn't want to hear about golden dawn. If somebody asked me about the Chaldean oracles or the practice initiation, you'd, you'd get me talking, you know, and yeah. then, uh, then philosophist was kind of a jumbled mix where they start bringing in some of that old Testament fire and brimstone in the middle of it. And you're like, what is this here? You know? <laughs> Why are you screaming at me about hailstones and and, uh, (laughs) flashings of fire and the Lord stomping through and smiting the heathen? You know, like what's happening, you know? And then at the end, they they just do this drop this little hint where they're like,
1: okay, in
0: order to solve the riddle, this elaborate riddle that's been set up from the great of Neophyte, you must understand that in order to fix the fall of Adam, it's necessary that the second Adam, be crucified mm. on the cross <laughs> right, in Malkut. Anyway, right. here's your badge, go home. And then uh, <laughs> in the old days, there was no portal grade. So then after that, then they, they, you know, just strap you to a cross and whip you and say, you're now part of the body of Christ. And so that was a little too much of it. Like, wait, what? Huh? You know, like, uh, and so they added the portal grade as sort of a period of, Kind of a trial period of where they can look at you and be like, "Is this person? Should we let him in?" You know, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, just kind of like where it was an emphasis on thought, and that was home, mm-hmm. they they hoped that would scramble people's brains enough that they were able to just accept all this Christianity. Um, although mm-hmm. it wouldn't probably wouldn't have been a problem in Victorian England. Everybody was Anglican there anyway, but in in uh, 1990s or in the the early aughts of the 21st century, you have Jewish people, pagans, you know, all, all the people that you conned into joining. I mean, when I say you, I mean me. Uh, <laughs> I did the orientations more often than not, and so someone would come in. I'm I'm into druidry, and I'm like, oh, you came to the right place. You ever heard of W. B. Yeats? You know, and uh, <laughs> then they get into the higher grades, and they're like, why didn't you tell me there was all this Christianity? So then we started wearing our christianity on our sleeve and we'd say welcome to the catholic order of the golden dawn ora nobis. some people would run screaming you know and mm-hmm. and uh and, and, well i don't know anyway people try different ways and try different things and mm-hmm. so that's golden dawn uh but it's yeah. it sure is a ride it's a hell of a ride and you learn a lot of stuff and there's potential for a good community, a lot of potential for abuse, especially in the, uh, the the whole third order thing. Um, a book you should read is what you should know about the golden dawn by Israel Regardi. everybody Mm -hmm. who's interested in golden dawn should read that book. Um, it's, uh, and, and Nick Farrell, I have his books, but I haven't read them, but I know he addresses some of these abuses of power. I mean, he and I both wear the same chief adept uniform, but, uh, But but he he talks about how the chief adept mantle can be abused because traditionally, you you know, traditionally, I mean, according to Mathers, the Mm -hmm. third order is in charge. And there you can't see them, you know, and you can't talk to them. Only I can talk to them. So if you want to know what Uh, what the gods want us to do, you have to go through me, me, but I'm just I'm the sacrifice. In fact. Every year, you're going to put me on a cross, and everybody's going to have to, you know, put their 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 wand on my head to to revive me because I'm going to take on the sins of everyone in the order. And it's like, mm. what did I sign up for, you know? But at that point, all your friends are in the order, and you, you've invested so many years in this, and you're like, okay, well, this is obviously a lot of bullshit. But you know, like this is this is <laughs> what I've done with my life, and uh, what am I going to do? Just quit and move to India? Well, you did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm you know, oh, mm-hmm. I, I, I about to say that I, I'm having an keeping my eyes open because I just wore I worked all night before coming on this call, so like I might have to might have to die.
0: oh yeah we we don't have to go on and on for hours um yeah. is there anything you want to cover because i mean this is ultimately for you i mean i ryan and i chat all day uh, you know uh, on messenger, messenger uh, yeah. it's good to, good to catch up in person by face but uh but do you have any any uh questions or or things that you want us to give our our two cents on i mean you know as as much as we're able what are your
1: what do you think about gnosticism and how it might fit with the practices i'm interested in
3: do you want to go first? I think you're more uh, schooled on Gnosticism, probably.
0: My buddy, Robbie, is the guy to talk to about Gnosticism. He went to seminary and uh, kind of, you know, he's, he's one of those really intelligent people who read all the books, you know, and he just, he'll read an entire book in an afternoon. You know, those people that are like, so they'll climb a mountain and, you know, come back down in seven hours. And you're like, how did you do that? He's like that with, books and everything. So he's the expert that I know. My my knowledge is minuscule compared to his about Gnosticism. Mm. But basically, um, there's the Nag Hammadi scriptures, which were discovered in the 50s, I think, uh, in Egypt. And <clears throat> then there's a lot of people who take one extreme position or the other about what their place in history was or should have been or, or what have you. Um, some people will say that they were left out of the Bible because... It would have uh, made it impossible for them to turn Christianity into a control system. And when I say some people, I mean me. When I was younger, said that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then on the other side, the more uh, the the church apologist uh, position is that those gospels weren't very popular. You know, nobody was really into them. Everybody, there was like thousands upon thousands of copies. Everybody was was transcribing matthew mark luke and john and thomas like he has weird stuff that he says about women and some abstract stuff in there and it's like well yeah that's true um but uh but yeah i mean the part where he says uh you know that jesus said when you fashion a, a hand in place of a hand an eye in place of an eye a likeness in place of a likeness then you will be in the kingdom of heaven kind of kind of makes you stop and go whoa that's interesting that's sort of different and you know makes you gives one pause. But then there's other documents that were Gnostic that were um, Mm pre-Christian that that were sort of lumped into the Nakamadi as if they were related. And then there were some that were sort of like they added Christian characters to old Gnostic things. There's some that are obviously just not I mean, there's the Gospel of Mary Magdalene, which people will say is great because it has Mary Magdalene's name in it. But if you read it, it's basically Mary Magdalene saying, "Well, when Jesus and I go off by ourselves, he teaches me this." and Peter is like, but you're just a woman, you know, And so it's like, okay, someone wrote this. Uh, I don't know if it was Mary Magdalene. I'm more one who who's uh, uh, you know, like I'll, I'll, I'd sooner believe the theory that Mary Magdalene was actually the one who wrote the Gospel of John. Or, uh, or that that was her story, um, because it was the beloved disciple. He never identifies himself as John. Someone else calls it the book of John. But the person in the, the person talking in the book of John is the beloved disciple who had their head on the breast of, of Yeshua at the Last Supper. That sounds a little more like it could have been Mary Magdalene to me. So you might want to consider considering uh, the gospel of John in the Bible to be maybe at the heart of Gnosticism, um, as far as Gnostic Gospels go. Um, The Gospel of Thomas is really interesting. Thomas is an interesting character. He uh, was supposed to have come over to India and established the earliest churches here. So they love Thomas down in Kerala. They have um, churches that are are purported to be founded by Thomas in the first century AD um, here in India. Uh, and then there's like yeah, then there's the stuff that they made that that show, uh, *Faria: The Darkest Light* recently on Netflix, which is fun. It's basically like they took Gnosticism and just like flipped it in a weird way. My theory was that it was a Catholic who got sick of these movies like *Da Vinci Code* and *Jesus of Montreal* making the Catholics look dumb and evil, and the Gnostic look cool and true. And so they 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 read the Nag Hammadi and just took the worst crap you know or they in their mind they took the the most ridiculous things and the most awful things and they made it into like a sort of like um what temple of doom was hinduism they made this new netflix series about gnosticism and they call it
3: or you froze up
0: gnosticism they say it's about us
1: uh, Yahweh, which is like no. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but I I think I, I definitely need to say
0: that you worship Yahweh. That's
1: what you're missing, you know. Yeah, uh, mm.
0: <laughs> it's worth checking out. But uh, but yeah, the, when people say Gnostic, they usually assume that oh, it's someone who believes that Yeshua is, or that Yodhe Baphe is the demiurge, basically the devil. Um, people in Golden Dawn who were that type of Gnostic perspective will look at the Garden of Eden after the fall diagram that's revealed in Philosophis and say, ah, yeah, the highest rise of the serpent Leviathan barfing out the false uh, you know, inspiration, pretending to be the higher self, that must be the demiurge. But then they say, well, but Yodhe is is the real God. And so they have this weird, like, no man's land in between orthodox esoteric Christianity and Gnosticism that they fall into. But then they sort of like, you know, by uh, sort of like nudge, nudge, wink, wink, like assume that it's true with other people who also assume that it's true. But if you pin them down, they would never be able to possibly explain it. Um, so that's Gnosticism in a nutshell. I mean... I don't know if I'm doing it justice, but I mean, I guess what I'm saying is there's more than one type of Gnosticism. There's the, uh, the people in Southern France who have the statue of Mary Magdalene pregnant in a boat that every year they, you know, on a particular day, they walk up to the, to the beach with with the pregnant Mary Magdalene to remember when Mary Magdalene came pregnant with Jesus's child fleeing from persecution and then uh, mm. started the lineage that they talk about in Holy Blood, Holy Grail, which was copy pasted into a silly novel by Dan Brown. Um, which is different from Aleister Crowley's version of Gnosticism. Uh, The the OTO in America, at least, was was an order that was uh, sponsored into existence by a religion, if I'm not mistaken, called the Ecclesia Gnostica something Hmm. something. um, (coughs) There's another Gnostic church that's based, I think, in Hollywood, though they might have moved to Glendale, that's not affiliated with that church, but their name is incredibly similar. And they sound funny and interesting. One time their, uh, their their church burned down. And at the time I was going to an Orthodox church and uh, they had recently taken up a collection to help someone rebuild their church that had, you know, had been part of a flood or something. And so I suggested to the priest that we we raise, you know, because he's the ecumenical director for, for you know, uh, Mahoney for Cardinal Mahoney in Los Angeles, and I was like, "Well, you know, in the spirit of ecumenicism, maybe we should take up a collection to help the Gnostics rebuild their church." And he just didn't answer. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's interesting. The Nagamari is interesting. Um, the thing is, not gnosis. I mean, like it's like it's like there's Buddha and there's Buddhism. There's like Buddha and there's Mahayana Buddhism. So there's gnosis. Which is like the uh, the the I guess the Greek version of the word, you know, satori or or, or something, or maybe nirvana, or, or you know, it's it's a it's an awakening of your own God nature where you realize that you are God, uh, which of course is heresy, you know, in in, in Orthodox Christianity, and, you know, in various forms of Orthodox Christianity, including all the Protestant religions. Um, so, so yeah, the, the awakening of that true self is called the gnosis, but any group calling itself Gnostic is going to be one kind of BS or another. And I say that I call most things BS. Most groups I think are mm-hmm. at least a little bit BS. Um, so I don't know if that helps, but I, I don't even, I are you able to hear me? Um, yeah, so I don't know. Those are my two cents on Gnosticism. But I, I think that there's something there in Gnosis. I have respect for Sophia as an archetype, as a character in some of the Gnostic Gospels. I haven't read all of the Gnostic Gospels, I should say. But I, I am fond of the Gospel of Nicodemus. Um, Nicodemus was, of course, the Pharisee who who, you know, wasn't bad who listened to yeshua and uh had the uh, he said how how shall i be shall i go back into my mother's womb and be born again and yeshua said unless you be born of water spirit you cannot enter the kingdom of god unless you attain the heart of child you cannot enter the kingdom of god so that was nicodemus in the 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 canonized gospels but in the gospel of nicodemus he's talking about like a, a greek pagan interpretation with, like, I mean, they should do a Lord of the Rings version of it where, where when Christ dies on the cross, mm-hmm. then he immediately is down in Hades, not, not hell, you know, but uh, Hades. And then the iron gates shatter like glass. Mm-hmm. And he goes in and he frees all the souls from Tartarus and the Elysian fields and allows them to go to Mount Olympus. And then Hades gets so angry that he becomes a god of fire. And then he's tormented, and then only the people who don't believe in Jesus are going to go there. You know, I mean, I'm cartooning it a little bit, but it's just sort of like, okay, so you're explaining basically, you know, the the church, the the standard church's version of of uh, what's that called? You know, how things are, whatever, on the other side. uh directly, yeah, yeah, but speaking directly more so than Paul ever did to uh, to the pagans in their own language, and it's fun to read. I don't. Know. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I recommend uh, picking up a copy of the Nag Hammadi and reading through it, but I, I don't know that if, if that you can really pin down one philosophy and call it Gnosticism, but there are plenty of groups that say that their philosophy is the real Gnosticism, including Thalema. Mm, um, sure. Yeah. So, so those are my two thoughts, my two cents on on Gnosticism, mm-hmm. I guess. But again, my friend Robbie would be able to run circles
1: around everything I just said. Mm. It's not knowledge. Oh yeah. Anyway, I really do need to get going. Out. Wanna? Okay. I want to sleep in the middle of the call because uh-huh. I worked, worked. I worked all night before coming on this call.
0: Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Get get some rest and uh, don't worry about remembering anything that uh, we talked about because it'll all be up online. A little bit later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. Anyway, I appreciate you having me on the show.
0: Oh, absolutely. Thank you for coming on. And I'm sorry I took six months to respond to your email. <laughs> well, first all, I was writing books and stuff down in Goa at the time.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's what I wanted to ask you about earlier Goa. Doesn't Goa have a famous kind of party and electronic music scene?
0: It does. It does. A lot of drugs in Goa. Um, We didn't really (laughs) hang out in that side of it, but we could hear it. You know, it was always until 7 a.m. Ironically, here in Delhi, where it's noisy during the day, it's silent at night, which is really nice because we can sleep. Um, Goa, the weather never changes because it's tropical. I mean, it changes, but it's basically always kind of warm and humid and then variations on warm and humid. So it's nice to be in Delhi where there's seasons again. Where it gets cold in the winter time for instance um but yeah goa has a lot of beautiful old churches the portuguese came basically it was an ottoman uh stronghold until the portuguese took it in the 1400s and then they built a lot of churches and then it was like the coolest place in the world to be for a hundred years until it became the heart of the inquisition in asia And then, uh, you know, anywhere in any of the Portuguese colonies where someone was suspected of being Jewish, they would be brought to Goa to be put on trial and executed under suspicion of being Jewish. Then they started, uh, you know, forcibly converting Hindus. And then they started, uh, you know, this whole witch hunt where someone would say, you know, my neighbor... Looks like a good Catholic, goes to church, acts like a good Catholic. But I saw her in the back doing something Hindu the other day. So then they put them on trial and execute them. And 15,000 Hindus were killed that way, way, way more than the Spanish and the Portuguese combined in Europe. So, uh, so Goa has an interesting and bloody history, um, but a lot of beautiful churches. And that was all about 700 years ago or 600 years ago. So the people that are Goans today are basically part Indian, part Portuguese uh Hmm. usually catholic and uh very nice but um but ever since indian independence and then goa becoming part of india people from other states have gone there because it's popular because the hippies like it because foreigners Hmm. like it and uh you know there you can get drugs there pretty easily so it's become the vacation spot for everyone in india who has money to go on vacation and uh it's become a place for people from other states to go to try to set up business to try to make money and so today the goans call indians outsiders um and then the rest of the indians that are there like you know go is part of india now you know and then uh so you know we were there for a little over a year and we started to kind of get the feeling We will never be going, you know, (laughs) even if I was not a foreigner, we would never be going. She's from Bihar, you know, Um, so they Mm -hmm. always are like, you're from Bihar, huh? Like the only Bihar people we know are the workers in the back that are working on our second house, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was a little odd as far as that goes. But yeah, people go there to party for sure. And, uh, you know, foreigners, what we call foreigners, which is. You know, white people uh, usually or... white people, but sometimes you know other types of foreigners. Of course, there's people from Ethiopia that come here to do yoga at the yoga training centers in Rishikesh too, and they're foreigners. But uh, and there's a lot of Nigerians here, and and uh, a lot of Chinese and Japanese. They're all foreigners too. But uh, but yeah, so so a lot of foreigners go there to party, um, and these days a lot of Indians go to party, especially after the tech boom in around 2006. Um, now there's a lot more upward mobility, a lot more people kind of pulling themselves up by their bootstraps and uh, getting work and, you know, being in the call centers, helping us all with our with our issues, with our cell phones. And uh, then they, they go on vacation and go on party and take drugs and die of overdoses, too. So, um, yeah, that's that's Goa. But the
1: churches are beautiful. If you can see through all the blood. Oh, anyway, I'll go ahead and sign off. Uh, <laughs> okay. <so. laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, on that note. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All
0: yeah.
1: right. Well, thank you
0: for joining us on the Esoteric <laughs> Podcast and the Praxis Behind the Obscure Podcast, and uh, we'll we look forward to to talking more with you later on.
1: That sounds great. Have a good day. Okay, you right. too. Peace out. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you have a good day. We'll have good nights. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, David Wright, and thank you, Ryan, at Praxis Behind the Obscure, for being my guest-slash-co-host-slash-simulcast buddy on the S-Eternity Podcast tonight, and special thanks to Guruji, the surprise guest, Call Singh, is not how you pronounce it, I know, um, but I do my best. Special thanks to Susumu Ueda, as well as Susumu's father, and his father being one of the monks at Joe the other monks at Jofuguin, whose voices you're hearing right now, for the music you're hearing right now. Also, the same track that we open with every episode of the Esoteric Nerd podcast. Special thanks to Camille and Kennerly, uh, for the harp transition into and out of the, you know, conversation. And uh, most importantly, thank you to you, the esoteric nerd, listening to this podcast. I'll close with the uh, prayer that my father and I used to do uh, when I was a kid. Om. Oh.